Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 40 of the Finger Guns podcast. 40 episodes. We made it. Be very, very proud of yourselves. My name is Roscoe, and I'm joined by Mr. Sean Davies. Hello. How are you, mate? All right. I'm good. I've got a bit of a confession. I'm still in my pajamas. Wow. Yeah. That kind of Sunday. Yeah. I got up and I played video games with my kids all day, and it's been good. I've been playing Ben 10. <laughs> Damn it. Yes, I have been playing Ben 10. Yeah, you have. I saw it on the trophy list. I was like, oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, my, my kids are well into that game, and I have to offer almost constant support because it's not entirely intuitive for kids to play. Um, but it's great for 33-year-old people who like trophies. So, you know, it's fine <laughs> for both of us. That's fine. Nice. <laughs> cool. And also, of course, Mr. Greg Hicks. Hello. How you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Um, as usual, I have rushed back from training, but we ran over, so I haven't had time to uh, like de-stink myself yet. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying not to like lie down or anything because I don't want to permeate my bed with my smell. So, yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting feeling. Oh, this will be a comfortable couple hours for you then. <laughs> a couple hours? Shit. <laughs> I saw that, uh, that picture you put up on Instagram from your training yesterday. You looked, oh, like, yeah. you looked like a broken, defeated man. Is that, does that yeah. happen every time? Yeah, jiu-jitsu tends to do that to people. I'm not going to spin some bollocks about how it you know, it breaks you down and builds you back up or anything, but you are rolling around in thick pyjamas, essentially. So you're trying to strangle each other and break each other's limbs. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you leave, you're like, oh, I had a great time. But when you sat there, you're like, oh, I pay for this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, otherwise, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm fine. And joining us, we do have a very special guest this week from Peter Jester, confirmed. He's sure to refer to the company by that name every time you meet this man. Mr. Adam Boyne. Hello. How are you doing, sir? Thank you for joining us. I'm not too bad. Thanks. No, no problem. Good. How's your weekend been? Pretty good. Pretty chilled. Mostly also containing pajamas. Uh, awesome. It's been that kind of a slow, slow weekend coming out of the, uh, of the New Year, Christmas sort of hyper period. It's been nice to chill, play some video games, uh, have my laptop uh, stolen by my partner so that I couldn't play the video games I wanted to play and had to play backup video games. But other than that, Absolutely fine. <laughs> what kind of games are considered backup video games? So I actually ended up dropping back into No Man's Sky, uh, and oh, then cool. which was which was nice. I hadn't played it for uh, about eight months, and immediately as as is the way of No Man's Sky, which which I love the procedural generation, but it does mean every time I log back in, my base is two hundred foot off the ground. This this time they'd added power, so everything in my base is also unpowered, so I couldn't access anything. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know where I was. So other than that, it was it spent the most, the first two hours sort of re- reacquainting myself. And at the end, it said, "Would you like to?" I saved the game. And it said, "Do you want to save this game? Do you want to save over your manual save from 2018?" And I thought, you know what? It's a new decade. Now is the time to overwrite that save. So there we go. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no man's guy. What a what a comeback that game has had. Absolutely. What a comeback. I still need to watch. I don't know if any, if any of you watched the the Internet Historian video. I still need to go and go and watch that. The the and goodening, as it's been called. <laughs> no, I, I watched the first five minutes and I was very, very tempted to skip to the 45 minute mark based on <laughs> what. So, so Sean from no, from, from Hello Games said, do not go to the 40, past the 45 minute mark. And I was just immediately tempted to go there. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, I will eventually get to, to sit down and watch it. It's massive. I, it was, it was a, it's a big watch, something very big to digest. Then I'm going to need an evening for with the Domino's pizza and maybe some Ben and Jerry's. 
<laughs> I think that's the thing in, in sort of the modern stuff is that you're getting these more uh, overarching dissections, especially something like No Man's Sky. It's such a good story of sort of where it started and where it is now that I think everybody wanted to, to see how it's broken down. And obviously, Internet Story is a great one for pulling it to pieces and, and breaking it down, unlike jujitsu, which uh, apparently doesn't, but otherwise <laughs> it's good to... Uh... Yeah, they're, they're not comparable, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm probably not selling the benefits of uh, jujitsu, so um, yeah, let's let's focus on video games. They're more fun for a lot more people. <laughs> Have you ever gone to jujitsu and come back thinking, wow, that was like No Man's Sky? <laughs> what, empty and waiting to be filled in by uh, more content? Oh! Tell you what. I have seen stars quite a few times. Does that count? <laughs> have you played No Man's Sky, Greg? Yeah, we we own it, don't we? We we played it co-op. Oh god, once. yeah, we played it together. Of course we have. Yeah. Sorry, that was. That was and a we long got time a ship ago. each, and then just went, "Woo, I've run out of fuel." Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, that'll do. <laughs> I haven't actually jumped into it since No Man's Sky. The first major update was it Beyond? Possibly. Uh, is that the one we played with the ships and stuff, or was that after? Yeah, we... with the. Uh, I started building like a a little town on one of the planets and I got really into it and then I put it down and never went back it could have been yeah, gone same. one day I'll go back in I promise Sean Murray for listening I will get back in <laughs> I'm, I'm currently on once a year that's that's pretty good <laughs> well just just like a maintenance thing to see if it still works yeah well it's more, it's more see, see what has broken in my base from the last time and go ah, and then <laughs> leave it for a year <laughs> my my nephew's got it for Christmas and I told them that yeah my uh, I've got a planet out there you, I found a couple of planets you can go and have a look for them so I'm pretty sure that they're just running around looking for my planet knowing full well <laughs> that they'll never ever find it nope but that's all part of the fun uh, right we're going to go into what we've been playing very very quickly this week uh, Mr Sean Davies I'm going to give you a timer yeah I'm going to need 10 seconds really yeah. Ben 10 <laughs> Ben 10 football manager 2020 um I've been playing some Valkyria Chronicles on PS4, the remake of the PS3 version, and okay. I've been playing some of the Astrologaster. Or I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing that right anymore, but yeah, that, that's a very fun game, and that's what I've been playing. I've nice. been going back to a lot of the old games I've been enjoying because there's nothing coming out at the minute, and well, until next week. Yeah, good point. Uh, Greg, what have you been playing this week? I've also gone a bit retro. Um, I mean, last generation retro, but I bought Dead Rising 2 off the record uh, in the January ah, sale. Yes. So nice. I never I never finished that. So I've been, uh, I've gone back to that and I think I'm about halfway through. I don't know if you guys have played Dead Rising 2. There's a really annoying bit in both the normal game and this one where you've got to raise a million dollars to pay off someone. Uh, luckily, this one's got the sandbox mode, which money carries over to. So I've just gone onto that to earn some earn some cheddar um i've been playing la noir again as well oh very cool I, i've done one case file in the two years since I, or the last year since i bought it on ps4 so i did one more today and i downloaded a uh, siege again just because there's so many clips of it online i keep thinking yeah siege is good fun yeah, and i played one game online earlier i was the last one standing against two of them and as i found someone to shoot someone i got uh, i saw the, the pop-up in the top corner said vote to kick and i was like what i I found them, and I got kicked. <laughs> I was That's like, harsh. oh, well, I've just literally found them to shoot them. All right, it took me it took 20 seconds to find someone, but when I found them and started shooting them, I got kicked from the game. I was like, oh, oh all right. Thanks, Siege. Uh, yeah, that's 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 been it, really. I wouldn't say old, old games, but yeah. I oh, and the Resident Evil 2, the additional thing they've done, the, the tie-in for three to, to get oh, okay. the, the jail trophy. Does that involve uh, starting over, or can you jump into it? 
It depends on what you save is. It's um it's it's part of Leon's story. It's in the gun shop and there's a note from Jill saying, I've taken some stuff. Cheers then. And that's literally it. And it, oh. <laughs> there's a letter and a trophy attached to it. Alright, was that a spoiler? No. It, okay. it was it was announced um like the other week. And if you go on any website it would say, Oh, there's a tie in to Resident Evil Three. Because there's now the Resident Evil 2 GCPD, not GCPD, RCPD demo, where you can hear Nemesis if you go out the front of the um, station. All right, okay, cool. All but right, that's nice. only on the demo, weirdly enough. But yeah, it's, that's, that's been my week. Mainly Capcom-focused games. Shocking. And, and Ubisoft. What do you mean, shocking? <laughs> <laughs> shocking. Greg's they've, had a, they've had a good year. Um, yeah, oh, I, I agree. Uh, Mr. Adam Boyne, other than No Man's Sky, have you been jumping into anything uh, recently? Yeah, so I've got a couple of standards that I jump into a lot. Rocket League. I play a lot of Rocket League. Um, nice. So I've been playing that playing that this week. Uh, I'm going to be in a, a small tournament next week, which is going to be interesting. Oh, cool. uh, with a couple of friends. I play, I've been playing with a couple of friends of mine on PC for a very long time. So we're going to do that, which is going to be interesting. FIFA. Uh, I have a, a group that I play FIFA with online uh, as like a team. where We all play as one player and we meet up on Wednesdays. And did that again this week, which is pretty good. We did all right. Not too shabby. Nice. Uh, I've been getting back into Apex Legends because I've got I added the rank mode. That's good fun. I got another friend who I play been playing that with. Uh, and No Man's Sky. I don't think I've been playing anything else. I did jump into a very, very, very old Android game that I leave on my phone, which is uh, it's uh, it's called True Skate because uh, it's a True Skate. No, that's it. That's the end of it. Yeah, uh, it's, just, it's, uh, it's skateboarding, but you sort of have it. You swipe down to sort of uh, as if you were pushing your footboard, and then you can sort of pull back on the board to jump, and then you can flip the board and do that kind of thing. It's the sort of thing. But that came out to like 2010. That came out years ago. But I still, play, it's, it's just it's just like an open skate park. You can just sort of go around flipping about, doing bits and pieces. Um, and yeah, so I just I jumped. I ended up on that at one point this week, I think. But yeah, mostly mostly just. Milling about Rocket League when I have spare ten minutes in Apex in the evenings. Yeah, pretty boring. Cool. How is um? I haven't played Rocket League for a couple of years now. How has it changed over the last few months? Is it is it still got that kind of core fantastic gameplay, but it's just kind of expanding bigger and bigger? Yeah, I mean it's essentially it's it's the core of the game changes uh, very little. Minor tweaks to physics and that kind of thing every now and then. The only big things recently are that they got rid of loot boxes, which was good. Uh, and then replace them with the ability to buy individual items, which was was less good because they were all, they immediately launched them at a ridiculously expensive price that people complained about, and then they dropped them. But other than that, the core gameplay is pretty much the same: new cars, that kind of thing. It's mostly just about trying to get increased rank over a long period of time. And by a long period of time, I mean I've, across two platforms, I have over thirteen hundred hours, which is a, li- a bit of time. Wow. wow. Yeah, that's that's yeah. That's I mean, my. Cause, I, I thought my four hundred hours like, your Street Fighter Four was a lot, so that's quite impressive. Yeah, this is my thing is I'm I'm like so my most played game after that is Team Fortress Two, which I haven't played in about eight years, and that had about two hundred fifty hours. So you can see that Rocket League sort of consumes sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> more of my time than it should. But I'm mean, I'm surrounded by people with friends who've got like two thousand hours and that kind of thing because they put in ridiculous amounts of time. So I always feel like, uh, and it's across two consoles, so it's not as it's not. I'm just saying this to justify it. It's not as bad, right? It's not. <laughs> no, I'm not, no, I'm no. Not I'm just dreaming. My dreams are full of me of, of ranking up and being champion, that kind of thing. But other than that, I'm not. Fair enough. I remember <laughs> when it hit when it hit the Switch, it became a bit of an obsession for me. Oh yeah, I, I just I'm can't right. buy. I can't buy it on Switch <laughs> because of that. <laughs> You'll never get anything done. No. <laughs> cool. Uh, what have I been playing? I've been playing Dreams a lot this week. Ooh. 
uh, jumping into that, it's just still absolutely amazing. It still blows my mind. I remember seeing that. We talked about it last week, that uh, that breakfast uh, scene that was kind of like went, went viral last week. And I thought we'd jump in and have a look at it. And it's it's just unbelievable. And it gave you the options of they sort of like show you how they make it as well. If you press up and down on a D-pad, you sort of go through different layers with like lighting off and textures off and things like that. And like to see how much work that went into it. It's amazing. And yeah, I spent a good few hours just playing all of the top picks and playing the most popular games. And some of them are just great. Some of them are really, really cool. Some of them are terrible, but you know, I think that's probably part and parcel <laughs> with the process. But there, there's one that's like a, a Sim City simulator. It's on Media Molecule. Put this one sort of like front and center, like check this game out. So I was like, all right, I'll check it out. And I probably played it for about three hours straight. It was just like just putting schools and buildings and infrastructure into into this town and just doing it over and over and over again, like a like a city simulator. And I just got completely sucked into it. It was fantastic. And. Uh, there was a shooter called Prometheus, which I played. Um, that was good as well. I mean, there's so much originality, so much amazing stuff on Dreams. I'm really looking forward to the full release, just to see just what people can do with this thing because it's quite amazing, really. Did it go gold? It went gold this week, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Valentine's Day it's landing, so I hope uh, no one's got any plans on that day because I think once you're in Dreams and you fall into it, it's very hard to get out because it's just an unlimited resource of, uh, of, of games to play and scenes to look at. I typed in, um, I'm a big fan of uh, Doctor Who, so I typed in Doctor Who and there was just like 300 creations, something to do with Doctor Who, like walking around a TARDIS, um, people making the TARDIS in the game. It was, for me, as a big old Doctor Who nerd, that was very exciting. So yeah, I just spent a lot of time playing Dreams. I've given up on Mario Kart Tour, finally. My, I've kicked my addiction to that ridiculous game. Nintendo were really leaning into the pay-to-win aspects of that game, and it's becoming very frustrating. You can't five-star certain tracks unless you have certain races, which you have to pay for. Ooh. And it's really horrific, and I'm very disappointed that Nintendo have decided to go down that route. It is fun for a couple of minutes. It's a good time waster, but when you have certain goals that you can't reach, unless you give them, like, I think the last... The current box set, they have um, either Wario or Mario or Waluigi, one of them. Um, and some some gems and a car is like thirty five pounds, and I just I was like, okay, I'm done with this now. And so it's been deleted <laughs> off my been deleted off my phone forever, which is unfortunate because I was really looking forward to having Mario Kart on my phone, but they've uh, they've really butchered it, which is such a shame. And uh, yeah, Fortnite, obviously, because my life is apparently empty without it. Of course <laughs> it's. Yeah, they added um, another list of challenges to compete to get new skin, and I, I knocked them out in about two hours. So season one is officially done for me. I can't do anything else now. i just got to wait until chapter two arrives, which is still three weeks off. And... Yeah, they'll, they'll add another list for you. There'll be another list, and then another list. In the next three weeks, they'll release three more lists, and they'll, they'll still hook you on. You know you're going to be there. I know. I can't help it. It's... I'm getting good at it, so I'll keep playing it. I think that's a that's a key. I'm, my goal is to get to level 300. I'm currently at 291. I uh, wow, okay, that's really yeah. good. Thank you. <laughs> I am equally proud and ashamed. <laughs> essentially, like we've got a guy on the podcast who's put 1,300 hours into Rocket League. You're, you know, on par now. That's oh, <laughs> your equals. <laughs> well, you know, one Rocket League game is what five minutes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Fortnite's about twenty-five, so I'm going to take a step back from that and be like, 
yeah, that's a lot of hours in the Rocket League. <laughs> <laughs> As a developer, do you notice those little incremental changes probably more so than like we would when you go into something like Rocket League over a period of time? Do you see like the you say you were, you were talking about the physics felt a little different? Is that something you immediately notice, or is it? I think just it, there. I think what was more interesting. I think you spot sim- the things you spot from coming from games development are more out there the sort of like stuff like that is just because in game it's more like um like the people i play with we also noticed it and they, they're not game developers they also be like oh the fits are a bit weird here because you it's stuff you're you're used to having every day which is interesting for me is more so we were building a game um two years ago and at one point we considered having an audience and we tr- in, in the game people crowds that kind of thing and we tried messing around with them uh and they immediately destroyed performance because it's a bunch of people in the audience doing stuff and then playing Rocket League, you, I started noticing the fact that obviously a lot of the stadiums have, well, a lot of stadiums are stadiums with a crowd doing stuff. And then you look at what they are, and what they are are basically smarties, coloured circles sort of bouncing up and down. Um, <laughs> and it's sort of there, it's just there in the background, and you don't really think about it, but it adds, it just adds a little something to the game, as though you're being, you are being watched by this crowd and that kind of thing. And it's all these sort of teeny bits of stuff out in the distance. So every now and then, like I look at, I look at how they do the ground and it's there because it looks like it's real grass and you look it's just like it's just sort of this small layer and most most of the time i sit there going how did they do that because if i do that my pc sets on fire um <laughs> but it's <laughs> but other than that but generally speaking the stuff that's in game is just sort of it, it's you know everyone sort of spots if a physics change or a new car is launched or, or the hitbox is wrong and stuff but it's all those extra bits and pieces that you don't notice are the things that are interesting to me because it's those are the the points of polish that makes rocket league feel more fine-tuned and it's interesting for me because i used to play supersonic acrobatic rocket power battle cards on the playstation 3 and i can still remember how to pronounce it which i'm very proud of um and which was the the prequel the precursor to rocket league and the big thing for me was every now and then when i go back home my sister still plays that and i and i get to play that and i can actually feel the difference between the two games that and given that the original one is basically the same sort of thing it's so interesting to see how they genuinely just changed the like the underlying physics and how the cars worked and all this from a game that was really fun and, and worked into something that was and it became the massive esports game that it is because it's now so tight and just pristine in terms of how it's delivered that everybody gets this consistent experience nice i mean it's still as popular as ever isn't it yeah i mean so i, I i'm in, involved in this, on this precursor to playing the game but i have friends who are heavily involved they watch uh, the rocket league uh, championship seasons they they go and watch it on a regular basis they follow streamers they do all that kind of thing so where i'm just like i've got this precursor like oh yeah i like playing it and then they're, and then they're like oh did you see this person pull this trick off and da, 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 and do this and oh i've been training on this particular map that it's big in the community right now and i'm like uh oh okay i don't know i don't know uh, i like i like the cars they do the fast things that's great <laughs> <laughs> i remember when they added the delorean i lost my mind oh that car is so cool oh it's just the best car to use or the uh, the Batmobile. The Batmobile. The, the Batmobile's the other one. Yeah, that's. Awesome. We should play Rocket League more, guys. Why are we playing Rocket League anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Good yeah, lord! It's a long list of things that we don't play together. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably that. Every week we have we say, "Hey, we'll play that together." And this is sort of reminisce, don't we? And go, "Oh yeah," and then we don't. Yeah, almost one an episode, and this is episode forty. <laughs> so, well, I, I dropped I dropped hints about Rainbow Six earlier, so you know. We got to do some more terrorist hunt. We we had our favorite clip, favorite recorded clip from that, didn't we? Oh yeah! If you go to our Facebook page, our cover video is us. Greg finding about... out if it's a if an if it's an implosion or an explosion. Yeah, it's very very funny, and I think it sums us up quite well. 
that very <laughs> stupid 25 seconds. Uh, right, uh, let's move on. We do have a guest this week, Mr. Adam Boyne from Beta Jester, and we have lots of questions regarding what they're up to, including the fantastic-looking Forgotten Sea. And we're going to corner him now with lots of questions about it. And so I'm going to hand it over to Mr. Sean Davies. Hi, Adam. Hi. Wow, that was <laughs> I'm very cornered. I was, I was, Big fan. Well, he kind of said cornered, and then like I just kind of leaned into that and yep, started fair. coming off as creepy. I'm super... <laughs> not... You would have been buffed the bill then, didn't you? Yeah, that, okay. <laughs> ha- hello, Adam. That, that's less creepy. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> what are you making? Tell us what you're making. So we're currently working on uh, Forgotten Sea, which is our sort of narrative-based uh, exploration introspection game. Uh, it's an open seafaring sort of game. You have a, a sort of island to, to sail around. You can't get off the boat, but you are you're sort of sailing around, exploring the, the wildlife that's around. There's whales, there's fish. Uh, and as you're going around, there's bottles as well. These bottles contain messages which sort of guide you. Uh, to other points, it might say, "Oh, uh, you know, I found something. At, I found something at the the pier." And you they say around, you find a pier or a lighthouse or whatever it may be, um, and then there you find another bottle, and the new bottle guides says another message and guides you around. Uh, and the whole game is sort of built around this idea that you're in this. You are following the character. The character is you. You don't know why you're here. You're sort of figuring it out as you're finding these bottles and messages and sort of trying to figure out why you're here, what's going on, why does the world seem so sort of misplaced and dreamy and there are weird things sort of bleeding into the world and that's sort of that's sort of where the game lines up um it's very early days so we've been working so we started work on it um during global game jam last year so it's been almost a year so basically a year ago uh and then we got uh uk games fund funding uh initial funding in july of last year and then we've been working on it pretty much uh as our main game since then um but as a company uh, so Beta Jester is a company of four. Uh, uh, we do a lot of software development and app development and game development and VR development for uh, businesses uh, around marketing and training and all that kind of thing. So the game is continuing development, but at a at a steady pace. It's not our it's not our full time thing. Yeah, I I remember seeing Forgotten Sea at EGX. Yes. Now you can blame Greg for me not playing this. I will because. <laughs> I was, uh, do you know when we were into? I think it was in the transfuser area, or was it the transfuser area or the the other indie area? Um, yeah, we, we were next. So, so I was looking at your game and was going to sit down because there was actually quite a queue of people queuing up to see. Because I'll be honest, it looks damn good. Thank like, you very much. And and at the time there was like a, a an image of a person sitting on a beach and I was like, this looks incredibly attractive. I'm going to sit down and play. And Greg was like, do you want some monster energy drink? And I was like, <laughs> ah, damn, what? it's got me. <laughs> I, can't, I can't be blamed for your vices. Oh, they, they only give it to certain times during, during next, those. And, next you'll be telling me that I'm responsible for your heart attack. Yes, you, yes, you are. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm your pusher now. Yes. So one of the things that kind of I'm really sorry. struck me, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I was looking at um, the, the Beta Jester website and looking at the, the details about the game and it was saying that you might come across mythical beasts and things like that. Is there, is there anything you could tell us about that now or is that is it too early days to hear about these? So essentially that's what leads to the things that I was talking about before. So this is the sort of the whales and the creatures. So in the original demo, the demo that we had at EDX, you had, uh, there was a whale and a calf that you basically come across during the course of things. And this whale and calf initially just seemed very 
nonchalant. I mean, it's hard to, to, to say how whales act. Uh, <laughs> they're not known for their um, exuberance. But at one point, you sort of come across this sort of stone uh, archway, as it were, and basically a one whale passes through it, and then the other whale sort of jumps over it. And then jumping over it, they sort of turn it on, and it becomes a portal into sort of another dimension. Uh, it's sort of the same world at a different time, and so it's night and it's raining, and it's it's sort of uh, very ethereal. And these whales sort of form part of this this quest that you're on in terms of that you're trying to figure out their relationship to you and yours to them. Um, the interesting thing for us is that the the game is very much in development at the minute, so what those whales represent changes daily, and also <laughs> the existence of and how we how we play out sort of other. At the minute, it looks like that your relationship with the calf is going to be quite similar to the last guardian in terms of it being more the sort of direct companion that you don't have direct you don't have direct control of but you have some aspect of control of through training and forming a relationship with them and how that plays out form takes a part into how the story also plays out which we're still developing but we're, we're sort of through, we're, we're finding our way out and then as we go through because it's at sea there will be other things we may go full kraken yeah we're not we're not sure you know it's always it's always nice to get a kraken in there somewhere but it's interesting for us is that we we weirdly we didn't realize this until we were halfway through about so in 2016 we actually were part of transfuser so the other side of so uk games fund is for companies and then transfuser is for graduates and we were part of that scheme with a game called here there be monsters which was also an open seafaring uh game we don't just make open seafaring games it just ha- it just so happens that we were ega for these um, and that game was full of mythical creatures that you had to do battle with and shoot cannons and that kind of thing. So some of those uh, some of those characters may, may may make their way across. We'll have to see. That's really weird because I I remember um, here there be monsters. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. I, I, yeah, yeah. I I spend a lot of my time at the shows in the indie zones. Right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Basically, you know, like I I normally go in the wake of of Jupiter Hadley. You know, I just <laughs> basically see where she sticks stars and then go. Go where she sticks stars. Yeah, and um, <laughs> so Jupiter Hadley, if you don't know, if you listen to this, she's she's a, a well-known kind of indie game critic developer. She does pretty much everything in indie dev, um, but she's got a she's she's really cool. She highlights a lot of really cool games, mm-hmm. and uh, she's got really great taste. And you know, she she was one of the kind of people that put me onto Forgotten Sea because she was talking about it on Twitter and talking to somebody else at EGX while we were there. So obviously, you've also got VR in your you know, you do VR development yes. um, and you did uh, Flash Flood, which mm-hmm. looks pretty cool. Um, I watched the 2D version of this. So <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's a, a recreation of a Flash Flood in yep. a valley in England. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? Like, is was this like a educational tool? Yeah, essentially. So we do, uh, so just to give a bit of background on that, so Beta Jester started in 2015, sort of three graduates um, straight out of university, and we sort of made a decision that we wanted to make video games, but video games make a lot of money at the end of the video game. You don't really make a lot of money while making one. It'd be nice, but it's not quite how it works. So we decided that we would sustain ourselves by uh, also doing contract work alongside making video games. So as we've been making games over the last sort of uh, four and a half, four and a half years now, oh wow, we've also been doing a lot of contract work which has predominantly been VR just because that was where we were at the start. And one of the, and a lot of the relationships that we formed in terms of clients has been with universities just because that's where we were based. And that, the Flash Flood games, game experiences, came from a meeting with a, a geologist or, or well, it used, it, 
he has his, his full title is fluvial morphologist which is a great name it's basically he studies uh the movement of water and how it affects the earth and the rivers and all that kind of thing which is where flooding comes into it and he is now he does a lot of outreach in terms of teaching people about flash flooding incidences because if they it's a bit late when it happens it's too late to learn about it because it, it, they happen in about four hours it goes from nothing to devastation very quickly and um, we've all uh, I imagine you've all seen videos of these sort of things these sort of shocking events where water just comes down and destroys farms and houses and all this kind of thing and in this one instance they had the uh the data of this, this flooded the north of england and he basically needed somebody to help demonstrate it so he hired us and we created this experience that basically clocks from the, the geography before the flood the, how the flood kicks in, how quickly the water rises, how much debris it pulls in, all that kind of thing, um, so that you can stand and see what a flash flood actually means. And it's not just a bit of water, it's trees being uprooted and two-ton boulders being carried down rivers and all this kind of thing. And at the end of the demo, you can see the sort of devastation it leaves behind. But yeah, we've been doing a few things uh, with, with Chris, um, and we continue to do these sort of educational experiences to try and teach people about flooding and what to do in the case of a flood oh man i want to check it's, that out it's very cool like the, the 2d video is is impressive enough so like you basically watch this you're standing in like a valley and there's a little trickle of a, a stream and then as the game kind of rolls on clouds appear you can hear a thunderstorm miles away and then the valley just turns into like a crazy sopping mess and it's it's a very impressive and like eye-opening video <laughs> oh. well, I'm, I'm from the southwest and i remember those flash floods and yeah, I just want to I want to live through it again. <laughs> <laughs> so so VR is obviously kind of ingrained within your studio. You've done quite mm -hmm. a few VR projects. Um, mm -hmm. How do you feel about VR at the moment? Is is that still a space that's expanding? Is it is it on the cusp of becoming mainstream? Do you reckon? It's it's so strange to talk about because it's it's when you look at the numbers and I think PlayStation just went past. I can't remember if it's, I think it's two, two million heads, five million headsets sold. Five million, yeah. Yeah, and it's so we're sort of in this weird space where it's sort of, it's sort of a, it's talked about like it's not mainstream, but also you know, so there's, uh, I can't see, I can't remember all these numbers now. Uh, in terms of PS4 sold, uh, so PS4 sold over 102 million units. So that's five percent of all PS of PlayStation 4 owners, in theory, own a PS uh, PSVR headset. Which is probably greater than the percentage of a lot of the games that have come out, even mainstream games. Oh, sure. Um, oh. We're not, so it's it's weird that it's not. It isn't because it isn't quite mainstream as it is, but it's not mainstream in the same way that it, it's sort of regarded almost as a console and not an, and not an accessory, which is sort of right and wrong. It's very strange. What's interesting for me is sort of where the the most recent stuff is. So for me, the interesting thing is that you have the Oculus Quest, which is essentially the same as powerful as a full headset, but it also works without a cable you don't have to plug it into a pc or anything you don't have to have the hardware beforehand but now there's also they also now provide a cable which means that you can play traditional vr games with the oculus quest as well as all these mobile wireless ones and they've just added the ability to use your own hands instead of having to have controllers uh -huh. um and now so you can just stick your hands in front of your face and you can see your hands and i'm uh, looking at demos at the minute of people who they put their hands in front of them and they can just basically put their hands together and come away and they've got a cube in their hands and they can just put that down and do all this kind of thing, which I'm just about to start messing around with. I was meant to start on uh, Friday, but I got distracted by uh, <laughs> by admin, uh, as is life. But yeah, so for me, it's really interesting that we're on this cusp of, of all these really, these interesting things that have been coming for a very long time. So things like VR gloves, haptic feedback, um, fully wireless uh, devices, uh, hands, all this kind of thing is sort of coming now it's i mean the thing is every year for the last three years it's been it's been this is the year this is going to come out this is the year it's going to come out 
But I think my biggest thing was waiting for the Oculus Quest, and now that that's out and available, I think a lot of things are going to start falling into place sort of this year and next year. And the big, the big, the big thing for this year is Half Life Alex. That when that comes out, and obviously the fact there's all these people who want to play the next installment in the Half Life series will have to have a VR headset in one form or another. I think that's going to make a big impact. And I'm given the reviews that I've heard and how good the game apparently is. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens when that launches. I said this when when Half-Life Alex was announced. I said, if there's anything that's going to drive VR adaption, it's a Half-Life game. And, you know, some people said that I was out of my mind. But, <laughs> you know, you, the, the, the excitement that's, a, that's around about that game now, there's a real buzz about mm-hmm. VR mm-hmm. at the moment. Uh, and that's, that's really nice to see. So let's get back to Forgotten Sea. Obviously, it's in development. Have you got an ETA about when you want it finished? Obviously, I'm not going to ask you the dreaded question about when is it releasing, but you know, have you got a, like a window in mind when when you want it to be done for? Yeah. So the current plan is quarter two next year. That is subject to us getting further funding. So we we need a publisher and all this kind of thing to help support development of it. That's the plan. The way that we work generally as a company is that we are we always put our contract work first because we have to because you know. You, you, if you don't finish a game, no one complains. If you don't finish some client work, clients get very upset. But we will continue working on the game in the meantime. Uh, hopefully, and if we get further funding, it means we can tone down our client work and focus on the game. And if we don't get further funding, then we have to focus on the client work and the game takes a backseat. But certainly until we, because we currently have uh, UK Games Fund funding, which is great, we've got a little while left to be continue working on that um, and being supported by the UK Games Fund, which is fantastic, of which uh, the next round is open for application so if you're interested go to the UK Games Fund website which could get that plug in while I remember but yeah so we're going to continue working on it for the next few months while we're uh, uh, working on that and after that we'll see we're talking to some publishers at the minute uh, we'll continue talking to publishers hopefully somebody wants to take us up on it and help us get it out there to the rest of the uh, to the world it certainly seems like something that I mean it's it looks like one of those games that you would expect a publisher to think yeah this can shift and you know I'm not a publisher but you know and I don't know how these deals work often these days you know you've got you know raw fury doing weird and wonderful things with their publishing deals and uh, you know super hot presents and things mm. like that they've got all these crazy publishing things popping up o- over there like just overnight now and just offering weird and wonderful deals so um good luck with that um mm. <laughs> i would love to play this game and i I know it's difficult being an indie dev but I, it seems like you, you've got a, a really great plan in place about you know having the the work on the side to make sure that you can sustain the game dev which is which is great Mm. and it it feels like you've chosen an art style which supports the fact that you know when when i saw the game and obviously that's obviously subject to change you know in during the development but it feels like you've chosen a really great art style which will kind of remain timeless you don't need it to be out now because it's not like cutting edge but it's Mm. it's it's very artistic yeah, no, I, that's sort of one of the things that we went for is that it's 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 interesting for us that we so the three of us who were in the company at the time now we've just hired on a full time program which is great for us. Our programmers traditionally, although one of us had, has always had more of a sort of a front end design eye, uh, and the other two of us one is more back end development and one of us is more mechanics and uh, AI and that kind of thing. When we build stuff, we normally uh, traditionally it's been very technical heavy. Uh, and sort of design as a secondary thought but we built this one design forward and it's interesting for us doing work like flash flood which you mentioned before because that's so very design heavy because it's much about the visuals and the, the mechanics are really just executing the the flood as it were like all the focus goes into how do we make it look good and those skills then transfer very nicely into building these sorts of dramatic environments as we did for forgotten sea that being said it's been really good for us that with the games fund we've been able to bring on a 
technical artist who's worked on lots of different games before and the changes that he's sort of suggesting and that kind of thing the visual in, the visual changes and stuff are making it look even more impressive than it was before we were very happy with it before so we're we're super happy now it's really good but yeah it, it's trying to find that line between executing something that is visually impressive while being not so difficult to master and i think the thing is is that and this comes across a lot of things consistency wins out over everything else people love thomas was alone and thomas was alone is is relatively you know it's a neat it's a clean polished game but there isn't actually you know it's, it's cubed it's geometric there's not loads to it same with something like geometry wars people love how geometry wars works but that is just geometry geometry and, and lighting um and it's more about just finding that consistent stylized art form that allows you to present your ideas in a way that people can get on board with then trying to do something overly dramatic and not quite nailing it and people um being lost in the cracks so to speak thank you very much for talking to us i'm i'm very excited <laughs> Good. do you think we, we will see you obviously you you presented um forgotten sea at rest mm -hmm. do you do you find these events to be useful because I think it was that one. It, was it part of Transfuser that year? No, it wasn't part of Transfuser. Was it? it was part of the other area. Yeah, so it's part of the UK Games Fund. So UK Games Fund yeah, run sorry. both Transfuser and UK Games Fund. It's, it's both part of the UK Games Fund. And so we were in the the so Transfuser is for recent uh, graduates, and they were on one side, and then we were on the other side. Yeah, it's always super useful. I mean, the you can't get you can't ask for feedback like you can from the public because they will. You get everything. You get people who see it and they love it and they want to play it and there'll be these, this sort of perfect candidate who's played your the sort of games that you're making before and they give you this really honest feedback and you also get people who just immediately want to try and break your game in every possible way conceivable like they will crash your boat into things they'll try and flip it they'll do whatever they can and the thing is both both that both types of feedback are helpful like it's great to understand where somebody who loves this sort of game is finding flaws or whether enjoying it and all this kind of thing and it's also great to see okay if you know if we allow these people to round the boat into the into an island the boat goes flying at 400 miles an hour that's probably not a good thing so yeah you can't ask for feedback like public feedback and you can't get that outside of sort of these kind of events i'm rather glad that me and greg didn't come to play the game then because you'd have got both types of <laughs> we, we managed oh, to I, break am i getting a backhanded <laughs> I quite like these um, introspective games. Um, Ross describes them as Sean joints. And <laughs> Greg likes to cut things in half. <laughs> so uh, you might have got both types of feedback. Um, thank you very much for talking to us. I, I, no problem. I, um, I'll keep you up to date on the progress of the game as well. Thank you. Um, how can people keep up with the progress? Are there, have you got Twitter and Instagram, TikTok? Yeah, so you can follow Twitch. Us. <laughs> you can follow us on uh, Twitter at, uh, at BetaJesterLTD. Uh, we're also on Facebook at forward slash BetaJester. Please, thank you very much. You mean Beta Jester? I mean Beta Jester. It's Beta Jester. Uh, <laughs> depends how piratey you're going that day. It changes. It changes. It's all spelled the same. It's fine. <laughs> so if you ever come to your office, and be like, uh, "Yeah, we'd like to go to the Beta Jester floor." Yeah, they don't. They won't know where you are. They'll okay. uh, block the door. You know, it's fine. It's fine. We have very strict instructions. <laughs> yeah, Adam, thank you very much indeed for your time. Yeah, no problem. Oh, man, I love that artwork on the Forgotten Sea page on your website. It's beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you. So uh, if it's the... I'm just double check. I mean, is this the, the big whale? Is it the big whale? Yeah, it's the, uh, the Free Willy-esque scene. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the beautiful whale drawing was done by uh, Sarah Ford, uh, who is a concept artist who's done a lot of stuff in games before. And it's a good friend. Uh, check her out. If you want to hire a concept artist, would recommend. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, yeah, pass on our... Uh, 
uh, plaudits to that because that was it's a wonderful piece of art. It was a great. It was a great. We had that on our stand at uh, AGX, and I think at least half the people just stopped to play our game because of that artwork on our stand. <laughs> nice. Cool. I think we're all going to be at Res. Are you going to be at Res? Yeah, I'll be at Res. Should be about hopefully hopefully giving a talk. We'll see. I may. I don't think we're showing a game, but I will be milling uh, in general. So hopefully I'll uh, I'll run into you guys. Maybe yeah. with some monster. Monster. Sean's on a monster ban. <laughs> oh, fine. God. <laughs> Cheers, man. Thank you very much. Bye. All right. Our thanks to Mr. Adam Boyne. You can, of course, follow him over at Beta Jester Limited. Beta Jester LTD over on Twitter if you do want to keep up to date with Forgotten Sea. Of course, you can follow us as well because we're going to be talking about it forever because that's what we do best. Indies, hooray! Right. It is time for... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most exhilarating, most exciting, most electrifying video game quiz in all the world! Hosting the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Lock up your daughters. Hold on to your butts and go absolutely uptown Funkatron for the smoothest cat in the entire podcast cosmos. It's the knowledge himself, Mr. Sean Davies! Welcome to the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. This week, the quiz is all about drumroll... Mario! <laughs> so, this week's quiz is all about the guy in the red slacks and the red cap. And um, unfortunately, Paul's not here to defend his one win lead for this season. He's decided to take the week off. Uh, he's putting his feet up, uh, washing his hair, what's left of it. And um, so, it's going to be down to Greg and Ross to battle this one out. If you've never listened to this before, I'm going to ask 10 questions. Some of these are multiple choice, um, and at the end of the podcast, we'll give you the answers and we'll find out which one of these two has won and has pulled level with Paul. So, are you guys ready? Yes. Roscoe, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, question one. Long-time Mario antagonist Bowser was originally sketched by designer Miyamoto as what type of animal? Was it A, a dragon, B, an ox, or C, a rabbit? So question one, long-time Mario antagonist Bowser was originally sketched by designer Miyamoto as what type of animal? Was it A, a dragon, B, an ox, or C, a rabbit? Okay. Question two. Which of Mario's love interests was he attempting to rescue in Super Mario Bros. Was it A. Princess Daisy, B. Princess Peach, or C. Cami Cooper? Question two Which of Mario's love interests was he attempting to rescue in Super Mario Bros.? Was it A. Which version? Oh, no, sorry. No, no, carry on. A. Princess Daisy, B. Princess Peach, or C. Cami Cooper. Okay. Question three. True or false, Luigi is two years older than Mario. Question three. True or false, Luigi is two years older than Mario. Okay, question four. 
Mario has appeared as an antagonist uh, uh, antagonist in a single video game. Which game is it? So question four, Mario has appeared as, a, as an antagonist in a single video game. What game is it? Question three again, sorry, was it true or false, younger or older? True or false, Luigi is two years older, older. than Mario. Right, cool, got you, sorry. I just heard that phrase wrong. Mario is an antagonist. Does he count when he, does, does being a shit in Mario Kart count? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> so question four, Mario is a being an antagonist in a single video game. Which game is it? Okay, question five. The P on the level skipping P-wing item blocks stand for what? Is it A, paratrooper, B, pathfinder, or C, piranha path? So question five, the P on the level skipping P-wing item blocks stand for what? Is it A, paratrooper, B, pathfinder, or C, piranha path? Jesus, this is... You've gone deep on this one. Can we... Oh, yeah, I have. Mario's <laughs> overalls. <laughs> question six. Okay, this is the... Oh, no, it's not. Question 6. In Super Mario Sunshine for the GameCube, Mario made friends with a machine. What was the machine's name? Was it A. Barrio, B. Junior, or C. Flood? Question 6. In Super Mario Sunshine for the GameCube, Mario made friends with a machine. What was the machine's name? A. Barrio, B. Junior or C Flood. Oh, one I know. Fucking hell. Mm. This is embarrassing. I might cut the whole quiz out. You will not <laughs> cut the entire quiz out. <laughs> one of you's gotta win this. Question seven. In 2019, speedrunner Tavern Web 2002 set a new any percentage record for Super Mario Brothers. How quickly did he complete the game? Was it A one minute fifty-five seconds? B, 4 minutes 55 seconds, or C, 9 minutes 55 seconds. So question 7, in 2019, speedrunner TavernWeb2002 set a new any percentage record for Super Mario Brothers. How quickly did he complete the game? Was it A, 1 minute 55 seconds, B, 4 minutes 55 seconds, or C, 9 minutes and 55 seconds? What a nerd. <laughs> okay. Question eight. Which one of these live action Mario programs is not real? Not real, okay? A Mario Ice Capades. B Mario the Musical or C The Super Mario Bros. Super Show. So question eight. Which of these live-action Mario programs is not real? Is it A. Mario Ice Capades, B. Mario the Musical, or C. The Super Mario Bros. Super Show? 
Thank you, Chris Scully and Nez Encyclopedia. <laughs> okay. Uh, question nine. Which 1989 film was heavily criticised for its use of Mario and Nintendo product placement? Was it A, Back to the Future 2, B, Little Monsters, or C, The Wizard? The Wizard? Yeah, not The Wiz, the Michael Jackson film. Right, okay, I was just trying to... I don't so... remember Mario and The Wiz. <laughs> So question nine, which nineteen eighty film question nine, which nineteen eighty nine film was heavily criticized for its in your face Mario Nintendo product placement? Was it A Back to the Future 2, B Little Monsters, or C The Wizard? Taking a guess. And question ten. The warp whistle in Super Mario Bros. 3 is actually from another Miyamoto game. Which one? Is it A. Star Fox, B. Donkey Kong, or C. Legend of Zelda? So question 10. The warp whistle in Super Mario Bros. 3 is actually from another Miyamoto game. Which is it? Is it A. Star Fox, B. Donkey Kong, or C. Legend of Zelda? Are you saying warp whistle? Warp whistle. Right, okay. Not wolf whistle. No. <laughs> right, okay. Just checking. I don't remember that either. <laughs> hey, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> and that is all ten questions. Jesus Christ. You see, the problem with Mario is I've asked all the, the easy questions in every quiz we've had previously. So when I said I was going to do a Mario quiz, I was like... Uh, what was his name in the first video game? And I'm like, oh, we've already asked you that question. You should know that. Give us a new year. Yeah, I'm not going to ask you the same things twice. Dang it. Doesn't doesn't matter what year it is. <laughs> Until Paul starts saying showing signs of dementia, you know, and I know I'm going to get away with it. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it. What do you mean to start? Oh, there you go. Mm. Wow, uh, that was not. It's funny because he's old. Unpleasant. Uh, right then, let's get into some news. And Warner Brothers Montreal are once again teasing their next project, which everyone seems to think is a Batman Court of Owls game. Now, they're putting up these logos, these random little things that they did four months ago, and now they're doing it again, and now they've gone quiet again. So who knows how long this fucking reveal is actually going to take. But people are slowly piecing together little moments. And so I wanted to discuss this and try and understand what they're trying to do and why it's taking such a long time for them to move from one to the other and also if it is a court of hours game or a new batman game what would you want from it as the player sort of going from i mean it's Warner Bros. montreal so it's arkham origins rather than arkham city asylum and night etc um those were the guys that made origins of course the the middle one that was in between city and night i believe yep yeah uh greg I haven't heard from you for a while. So, <laughs> what do you, what do you uh, think about this cryptic Batman teasing, and what would you want from another Batman game? Less Batmobile, more Batman. <laughs> okay. 
I quite liked Origins. I only played it through the once. Um, I have picked it up again for like 49p recently for the PS3, so I might give it a go again at some point. What made the first two great? I mean, the first one was a standout game back in 2009 because, I mean, it's given us what we now call, you know, Batman combat systems and the the mix between the sort of detective mode and the exploration on the small sort of Arkham Asylum. And the story was just really good. And obviously City came along bigger in sort of scope, more moves, more gadgets, but was still, you know, quite a well-rounded story. Uh, like I say, Origins came out in the interim. It was good. It was a prequel story. Um, it, it raised some questions as to why Batman had better tech in a prequel story that he didn't have in the later games, which kind of, you know, messed with some people a little bit. And then, yeah, Arkham Knight came out and it was, it was good. Uh, I mean, a lot of obviously comic book fans saw the twist coming a mile off. Uh, I had it spoiled for me, so that was nice. But yeah, what what really, I mean, I know it rubbed me up the wrong way, and a lot of people as well, because they were very vocal about it. Was the was the Batmobile bits, and it just it ruined what the first one had established—that sort of claustrophobic, dark, gothic kind of thing—and just turned it into armored core slash destruction derby with some Batman in it. So if they do. If they are going to announce a new Batman game, I don't mean make it as linear as the first one was. I mean, it was linear, but there was a bit of side exploration. But I think open world doesn't do Batman any favours. I mean, it's nice to be able to go here or there and do different things, but having a big open playground. Because, I mean, even gliding in Arkham Knight looked good, especially when you're up in above the three sort of districts, uh, islands and stuff. But it just got monotonous. And, you know, it needs that, that tight, not corridor-based, you know, Call of Duty level design, so you can have some freedom to explore, but it doesn't need to be... It does it, 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 the, the maximum of bigger is always better doesn't need to apply to a Batman game. It needs to be, you know, a perfect medium, like a happy medium, so like a decent enough world, get rid of the fucking Batmobile, or if they're going to make an even bigger world, have a Batwing in it, but don't, don't solely rely on that. I think Rocksteady dropped the ball when people were crying out for the Batmobile and they went, all right, here's 50% of the game driving around in it. Here's some arbitrary puzzles, you know, based on it, which make no sense. And like the Riddler's riddles that were really good in the first game, uh, well, the first two games, um, became, he's created some underground race tracks for you, which, how, why? And yeah, it, it just, it was, it was rubbish. Uh, that's, that's just my two cents. Otherwise, it played really well, and it looks good. So, if Montreal can take that on board, and it is a Batman release, you know, after all, and it is Court of Hours. I don't know the Court of Hours story, but it's I've, I've sort of caught some, some cliff notes on it, and it does seem like an interesting path to go down. If they could just make it a more refined Batman detective game, then it could be onto a winner, bring back why people love them originally. Yeah. Um, you say new Batman doesn't work in the open world is that would you consider arkham city an open world game yes but it was all it was all in one area as such i mean not area because there's different bits you can go to but it was one connected island if you will yeah whereas like i said night just became these three different islands of three or four anyway yeah, different i mean, it did feel quite linear because there were only there were only certain places you could go at certain times yeah but yeah it was just in this massive playground yeah, that, that's that's what it needs. It doesn't need to branch off GTA style, Just Cause style, and have big like you guys were saying last week. You know, Just Cause looks pretty, but it's vacant, and Batman doesn't need to follow down that route. Yeah. What about uh, what 
Montreal are doing in terms of their, um, their kind of teasing and hype for this game? Do you think they're dragging it out a bit too much? Or oh, totally. Yeah, I've, I've given up following it until they actually announce it. Like, I see teasers and I see people sharing all the, the teasers on Twitter and I'm like, cool, I'm not clicking the link because it's just going to be another link saying, oh, they're teasing it again. It's, uh, I don't care. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, you know. Uh, yeah. when the full reveal is there then i will be invested but until i'm not going to keep falling for a clickbait is the teaser of the teaser Ooh, is it coming da, 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 da. No, can't bother that fair enough uh sean have you got any thoughts on what montreal are up to and what you want from a new batman game um i honestly don't know i i hope that um montreal are making basically another batman game almost exactly the same as what's comes before i agree with Greg about the the Batmobile that it it was like everyone Batman Arkham City came out and everyone was like yeah you know what this game really needs is the Batmobile and then Arkham Knight came out and it was like here's the Batmobile and everyone went oh this is shit and <laughs> it was like in a rock steady felt like they had to shoehorn in the Batmobile because it had been asked for for two games previously and I get that you know but I think I think lesson learned. You know, you don't really need to design half of your game around this thing that people have asked for when you know it's not a good idea. So hopefully without a Batmobile. I kind of hope that it's not Bruce Wayne. I, I really liked the end of um, Arkham Knight. And I don't, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but it, I liked the end, the way that it kind of put put an end to, to, to a lot of storylines. And I kind of hope that the new the new game is all about kind of Terry McGuinness, like the, the new Batman. and. And I hope it is Court of Owls because I really like the Court of Owls storyline, and it that that storyline, if played well, is going to be super impactful given like today's modern world. Like you've got super super rich people paying for Batman to be taken out, and it's like it's it's like a it's it is a, a scathing look on capitalism when you look at it in in through certain lenses, and it might be quite interesting given you've got billionaires just buying presidencies these days. So, yeah, it, it could be fun. I'm getting a bit fed up with the teasing, but I'm I'm glad that they're basically keeping everybody abreast of the fact that there is another Batman game coming. I know they're not saying Batman, but it, they might as well friggin' say it's a Batman game because, you know, nobody's guessing it's anything else. So I'm, I'm glad that they're teasing. I just wish they would tone it down a bit and just say, Hey, this is this. It does make me feel like there probably should have been an announcement in December, and none of this teasing would have been happening. I'm gonna guess that that got pushed back for whatever reason. But I'm I'm fully expecting this to be a next gen game now. It would be mad to to announce now for the PS4 and Xbox One. It I'm expecting you'd expect it to be a cross gen game now, wouldn't you? Really? Yeah. At least. Where do you think we're gonna see it? I mean, we've got. The rumored PlayStation event in February, uh, GDC in March, E3 in June. Any sort of like expectation as to whether or not there'll be any of those? Now, I, I, I said on this podcast, I expect the next Batman game to be unveiled alongside the next PlayStation. And I say this because PlayStation and Warner Brothers did did a did a bit of a deal with the the last Batman game, and you know some of the DLC was was PlayStation only. And I say DLC, it wasn't really. It was just like challenge rooms. But you know it still existed, and it was all PlayStation marketed. So I, I fully expect 
to be unveiled alongside the PlayStation 5. And I expect there to be some kind of, you know, dealio about DLC. You know, there'll be an exclusive Batman skin for buying it on the PlayStation 5. Mm. That's what I'm expecting. Okay. How about you? Are you are you tits off right now? Are you wanting it to end? Just give it to me now. Yeah, if... I mean, it's been, it's been, it's been, yeah, it's been kind of, yeah, nothing has been dragged out like this has been. I mean, fair play to Rocksteady. They're just shutting up. They haven't done anything. You know, they haven't teased anything. Whereas Mo- Montreal are really taking their time. And if you look at the logo, they're kind of filling it in sort of like every four months. It's like, all right, guys, come on. We haven't got time for this. Just tell us what you're doing. Or at least let us know when you're going to tell us what you're doing. It probably wouldn't be better if we all didn't know what was happening. You know, with well, if they didn't like, do it at all. Well, like we all know that it's a Batman game, and we all know it's Court of Owls because it leaked like two years ago, and it feels like okay, you're just hinting a confirmation of something that literally everybody knows. I don't yeah. think there's anybody in the world that's not going, ah, okay, that's the that's that's this is all leading to a Court of Owls thing. I don't. <laughs> Like when it gets announced, they're like, "No way!" <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. People just want to see the game that they already know exists. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think it will be exciting whenever it is. But yeah, they're taking their sweet time. I don't know. It'd be nice. I mean, everyone wants to know what Rocksteady are up to. It's been what, four years now since Arkham Knight, and probably longer actually. I don't know. Maybe. Well, I'd be coming up five. It was 2015. Yeah, that's crazy. And so you think that that maybe they'll do it alongside each other? Maybe. Maybe there'll be a Warner Brothers panel at E3 this year. Who knows? And they'll just they'll just show everything all at once. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm all for some new Batman. I'm, I'm sort of misplaying in that in that universe. So yeah, it's good as long as I don't know. It's not going to be Kevin Conroy, is it? Because he doesn't play with Montreal. He plays with Rocksteady. Oh, oh you never know. Roger Craig Smith is back. Yeah, I'd take that. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Bring back uh, Troy's Joker. That'd be fun. I prefer awesome. Troy's Joker. Don't tell anybody. Do you really? I, I, in his his Joker in that game, like there's been two really great game Jokers that on you know Mark Hamill is brilliant as the Joker, but he's always been the cartoon Joker for me, and I didn't like seeing him in the game because Trey's Trey's Joker was good, and um, what's his face from Telltale in who did John Doe, Anthony Gruber, um, Anthony Ingruber, that Joker was great. Yeah, like they Mark Hamill's Joker. Always kind of, it's a cartoon joke for me. I like, I like the animated cartoon. I didn't like it in the game for some reason, but you know, he won awards for it. So what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Troy does a really good Mark Hamill impression, at least. Yeah, I, I did like his um his announcement that he was playing when he read the monologue from Killing Joke. Yeah. Yes. That was that was that was impressive to watch. You're like, no, he can't do a joke. Ooh, he can. Like, damn you, Troy Baker. Yeah, it's getting as bad as Nola North. Yeah, it's too much, though, isn't it? And now, and now they're just joined at the hip, aren't they? Mm. Pretty retro replay. They, they sort of came full circle and started Uncharted 4 together, didn't they? So, If you ever want to see Troy Baker cry, you can go onto Retro Replay. They're playing through The Last of Us at the moment. And the very first episode has Troy and the actor, the actress who played Sarah playing the game with Nolan North, like having never played the game before. And it all gets very emotional. Wow. It's amazing. After... bitch. <laughs> it's amazing so... after all this time that it's still... It still has that effect on them, I suppose. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty big game as Last of Us, isn't it? Yeah, talking of The Last of Us. Oh, segue. That was seamless. Beautiful, I love it. It's almost like I, it's almost like I looked at the uh, topic list before we went onto it. Oh my god, that's almost research, Greg. Yeah, I know. Uh, 
Uh, the PlayStation blog this week announced the top 20 games of the decade as voted for by PlayStation users. And as ever, it's caused a bit of a stir. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to go from 20 to 1, and we're going to talk about probably a few of them, see whether or not they deserve their place, and, you know, we'll talk about it amongst ourselves. So at 20, Resident Evil 2, 2019. Hey. 19, Batman Arkham City. 18 is Fortnite. Oh, fuck's off. <laughs> Over Resident the Evil. Fact, yeah, and oh, it's just wrong. Seventeen Mass Effect Two. Sixteen Red Dead Redemption. First one. Yeah. Fifteen Death Stranding. Well, that's quite a new entry for the list. Yeah. Fourteen Near Automata, a game I haven't played, but everyone seems to love. I find it weird when people call it Automata. Yeah. It's 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 Automata, guys. Let's just move on. Uh, 13, Call of Duty Black Ops 2. That be... Cool. What? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I, this is why we shouldn't give people the vote. Yeah, isn't that right, Greg? <sighs> I personally prefer Call of Duty Black Ops 1, but I don't know if that was this decade anymore. I can't remember. Mm, 2009, I think. 12 was Dark Souls. <laughs> 11 was Persona 5. 10 was Marvel Spider-Man from Insomniac. Nice. Number nine, Uncharted 4 at Thief's End. I preferred Spider-Man myself, but there we go. Uh, number eight is Bloodborne. Wee. Number seven, Horizon Zero Dawn. Wow, that's quite far down. Yeah. Number six is Skyrim. I, I could have sworn that wasn't this decade. Oh, no, it got remastered, didn't it? Yeah. Okay. It's just a game I do not give a shit about. Yeah, me too. Me too. But people love it. It's mad. Yeah. Uh, five, Red Dead 2. Four, Grand Theft Auto 5. Number three, The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt. Number two, God of War, 2018 or 2017, whatever it was. And number one, The Last of Us as the best game of the decade. Now, discuss. Greg, what do you think? Do you think that that, that list is Well, there? no, because it's got Fortnite in it. Um, <laughs> so, no, it wouldn't be my personal recommendations. There are obviously quite a few games in there that I've played and I do like, and I would have obviously rated them higher. But, again, that's personal versus mass, isn't it? But I don't know. Would I consider The Last of Us to be the top game of the generation? Probably not. I mean, it's good. And I really enjoyed like what Naughty Dog did with the narrative. And was it Amy Hennig that wrote? No. Neil Druckmann, wasn't it? And it's very good. And I really enjoyed it the first time through I played it. But I don't know. I, again, I'm not going to say like Resident Evil 2 is better than it because it's not. Look at the Resident Evil timeline and story and it, it's bananas. So I can't defend that on that. But I don't know. It... <sighs> I just like I'm on repeat here. It was a good game, and I have played it through, and I own it, and I played it on both generations. I, I really enjoyed Spider-Man's story more. I had that had more of an emotional impact on me, and I'm going to spoil it because it's been out for a year and a bit now. But I nearly, I almost cried at the bit with Aunt May at the end. I won't spoil what actually happens, but I was just like, oh my god, that's a hell of a fucking thing. Like, Wait, you know oh. to cry? I have emotions. Thank you. Wow. Huh. I've learned something today. Yeah, well, you, you learn to sort of hide them when you're dealing with floods and shit, as you made a big deal out of it earlier. Um, R.I.P. <laughs> Some no, that, 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 had, uh, that had more of an impact on me than The Last of Us did at the start. I think I, I knew that was coming at the start of The Last of Us, and it was like, all right, this is Joel's big reason, uh, raising Detra for being a, a massive grumpy arsehole, which you would be if your child was killed, not dismissing that. But I think the Spider-Man one had more more sort of gravitas on me than The Last of Us did. And again, that's that's personal opinion. But I know the story was and is good for Last of Us, and I hope it does carry on that momentum in the second one. 
I need to play it through again because I, I remember I sort of gleamed over the bit with the cannibals. And I didn't really sort of just, I was like, all right, it's well, funny enough, that's got Nolan North in it as well. And I was like, all right, it's Nolan North being a creepy weirdo. Let's just kill him. But I need to play it again and actually take in the human element of it. But uh, that's just me. I mean, I, again, I could tell you my favorite game and you'd be like, what? Why that? You know, you've seen the, the, the dichotomy I've had with Sekiro all year. I hate it, but I love it. So what do I know? Yeah, I didn't make this list at all. No, I know. Neither did uh, I. Did actually vote on it, and I voted for Shadow of the Colossus, and that barely got yeah. a mention. I looked at it because it's a beautiful feat of a remaster, of a remake of a game. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, oh well. Yeah. Uh, Sean, is Last of Us the best game of the decade? I don't know. I've still not played it. <laughs> oh, that's right. You haven't played it. <laughs> you are probably the last. So you are you are the Last of Us that's played the Last of Us. <laughs> that's true. Um, I have I have played the first fifteen minutes and yes, it was very emotionally impactful and I've I've kind of ruined the last five minutes for me myself on YouTube and I guess I'm going to fill in the blanks probably at some point this year before the the next one comes out. But honestly, this this list is is crazy and it's you know people got to vote for three games and people voted for Fortnite and they vote, like I know you like Resident Evil two yeah. That is not the best game, or even in the top 20 of this last decade. It's just not. Like, Portal 2 is not on this list. Why? Yeah, but if you want to get artsy about it, that's like saying Oberdin's not on the list. That's like saying Papers, Please isn't not, because it's not widespread games, I suppose. But yeah, I see your point. I'm not going to argue with you. I mean, I know Resident Evil 2 is fucking amazing. But, um, but Portal 2 is is not like not artsy stuff. the first one. <laughs> Well, it's not just because it's bigger just because it's bigger doesn't mean it's better Portal 1 had the best song in it and the cake you better than, said, better than what you've you, done I'm not even angry you've you said the phrase um, bigger is not always better a lot of times you said that with such precision and it's accuracy it's my mantra <laughs> what I tell myself uh, in the mirror do we have a reason <laughs> just, just an <laughs> So I resort to video video games and biting sarcasm. Uh, this list is crap, but um, yeah, you know, I I liked God of War. I liked Spider Man. I have liked quite a lot of games on this list. I've not liked a lot of other games on this list. But good for you folks for voting and getting Fortnite in this list, and good for you for getting Resident Evil two in there and and uh, great stuff. Well done, folks. You cannot put. A derogatory comment about Fortnite and Resident Evil 2 in the same sense. I will drive to Stoke and then despair at how bad your town is and then still hit you. You can't compare Fortnite oh. to Resident Evil 2. Okay, let, let's just talk Fortnite for a second. It has completely changed the way an entire generation of people play games for it the better. Meant to be, it was meant to be a first person, uh, a story driven game, and everyone went, No, I like shooting my mates in big colourful arenas. And then Twitch got hold of it, and now we have Ninja. So thank you, people, for voting for Fortnite. All right. Take, take the matter out of it, yeah. But kids, <sighs> kids are playing this game as like a social hangout now. Like, they, they this is the way they play together. It's in Fortnite. It's not like uh, you know, back in my day, we used to go outside and play in the mud. Uh huh. Uh huh. That explains a lot. That's <laughs> why so I've got a really good immune system. <laughs> but never had know, the flu. <laughs> it's, 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 a... it's good for you, Greg. <laughs> Uh, have you had your flu jab this year, Greg? No, no, yeah. I used to play in the mud. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> never, I've never had a flu jab. I've never had the flu. So, you know. Yeah, there's not a lot of flu carriers sitting in mud. <laughs> I know. 
I know. I'm not equating the two, but I kind of am because <laughs> I think Fortnite is shit was my original point. Okay. Don't distract me. But, carry on carry on with your thingy. I, I'd, I'd agree with you that, that there's a lot of really good games that aren't in this list. I may decide that The Last of Us is good, but I've played it. And that is where I'm going to end. Like, the, the bit of Uncharted 4 that I played is, is really good. Um, but I, w- I probably wouldn't put it above the other three. You know, Uncharted 2 is just amazing. Was that out this decade? I mean, I know the remaster was, so if, you know, <laughs> if Resident Evil 2 counts, surely Uncharted 2 That's counts. That's not a remaster. That's a remake. Stop being, stop being antagonistic. Resident Evil 2 like is a remake, thing. isn't it? Yeah. It's, not, it's not a fucking remaster. Uh, okay. Yeah. Whatever you say, buddy. <laughs> Goodness. What about you, Ross? You happy with this list? Are you? Are Where's you... Uh, Edith Finch? Yeah, it's arty party shit, though, isn't it? You know. <laughs> Edith Finch is better um... than Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, I've said it. I can't believe this. Yes, but three Rockstar Edith games Finch, in this Edith list. Finch doesn't make nineteen million a day or whatever it is, does it? Yeah, I mean the people that voted for this are casuals, it would seem. Well, there's a Call of Duty, Fortnite, and uh, Grand Theft Auto on it, so... God, yeah. we sound like an elitist snobs, don't we? We do. But, hey, indie games deserve some love as well. I don't think you can class any of these as an indie game, really. No, true. I mean, I mean Fortnite... No, I mean, Fortnite maybe was before it exploded. But then again, it was made by Epic, so probably not. Yeah, it's it's one heck of a list. But it also shows that it's been a great year for video games. If There's so many great ones that haven't been added that have been kind of missed out on this very casual list that you would see in like a top 10 in game there is an indie game on the list death stranding you know kojima only started <laughs> with 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 an idea in an office and the backing of a multi-billion dollar corporation yeah. that's you know <laughs> 150 million dollars from sony <laughs> it's 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 you know it's grassroots kojima's gone back to his roots uh sorry lord who was who was Nero made by? Swear no, not Square Swear Enix. No, um oh yeah, Square Enix published it, but what's the guy called? Uh he's got a weird name, isn't he? Um uh, Kataru. Um Yeah, he wears the helmet. Yeah, he wears a moon face, doesn't he, or something? It's it's the voice of uh, it's the face of um Emil, um the robot uh, in there. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um oh god, what's he called? Uh, oh it's not coming yeah, up. Oh fuck it. Matter. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean a lot of a lot of, lot of amazing games. GTA five had a isn't the, the the fourth best game of the decade, but it's you can't deny its massive impact in the world. Same with Fortnite, you know, they're on these lists for reasons, I suppose. This is almost the best setting list rather than the best game list. True. The biggest marketing budgets. Yeah, I was going to talk this week about GTA 6 rumors with Paul, but he's not here, so <laughs> never applied. GTA 6 that we'll see in like 2025 once Rockstar stopped making money off GTA 5. Do you think we'll see a PS5 version of GTA 5? Oh, yeah. It's backwards compatibility, isn't it? So it'd just be straight in there. I've noticed that the um, the Game Pass version of GTA Five and the PS Now version don't have online. It's just a single player, which is interesting. Ah, interesting. So they still got that. Hey, you want to you want to play online? Buy the goddamn game, asshole. Nickel and dime you in a very Grand Theft Auto kind of way. All right then, let's move on to the quiz answers. Hi. Yes. Let's do Hi. this. Hello. Sorry, I was trying to get up. That I'm trying. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. Question one. Uh, longtime Mario antagonist Bowser was originally sketched by designer Miyamoto as what type of animal? Uh, Greg, what have you got for this? Did you have a dragon, an ox, or a rabbit? I went for ox because I'm pretty sure it wasn't a dragon. I remember reading something before that said it wasn't meant to be that. So I went for ox as a punt. 
Uh, ox is correct. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, Miyamoto sketched Bowser as an ox, and the the pixel artist got it all wrong and turned him into a turtle. Why not? <laughs> uh, question two: Which of Mario's love interests was he attempting to rescue in Super Mario Bros? Roscoe, was it Princess Daisy, Princess Peach, or Cami Cooper? You see, I take issue with this question because I know, I know, I know what you're going to say. It is Princess. It is. It is Princess Toadstool. It is, but Princess Toadstool is more commonly known as Peach. Correct. This is why I asked this one because I I thought you were going to say the Game Boy version, but that's Super Mario Land. I nearly fell for that. Yeah. Um, yeah so Princess Peach, uh, she was known as Princess Toadstool in the. Western version of the game, she was named as Princess Peach in the Japanese version. Um, so she's always been Princess Peach, except for over on the Our Shores because we suck. Okay, question three. True or false? Luigi is two years older than Mario. Roscoe, is that true or false? It's false. Mario is older than Luigi. What? Yeah, that's what I put. Um, it is false. Uh, but Mar- Mario and Luigi are twins. What? When? What? <laughs> Luigi is slightly younger. He's taller, but he's no. younger. You are you are incorrect, but I will give you the answer because you said false. But no, actually, Mario and Luigi are twins, fraternal yeah, twins. Well, one of them were born before the other one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question four. Thank you. <laughs> Mario has appeared as an antagonist in a single video game. Which game is it, uh, Greg? I didn't know this one. Roscoe, have you got an answer? No. Okay, I the have. answer was Donkey Kong Jr., Oh, of course it is. Okay, question five. The P on the level skipping P-Wing item blocks stand for what? Roscoe, is it Paratrooper, B, Pathfinder, or C, Piranha Path? Don't know. Piranha Path? It's Paratrooper. Of course it is. Oh, of course it is. It's the wings of the Paratrooper. Which the Paratrooper is, Trooper thingy, yeah. Which is a bit freaky because you think like some poor it was ripping Paratrooper them off like dandelion. <laughs> it's just like stuck them in a box. That's freaky. Um, Question six. In Super Mario Sunshine, for the GameCube, Mario made friends with a machine. What was the machine's name? Greg? Was it, it Barrio? It was Flood, of course it but was. But don't ask me what the acronym stands for, because I can't remember. Uh, me neither. Fluid, blah, 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 blah. But it's spelled like F-L-U-D or double D or something like that? Yeah, that's right. F-L-U-D-D. So... Question seven. In 2019, speedrunner Tavern Web 2002 set a new any percentage record for Super Mario Brothers. How quickly did he complete the game? Roscoe, was it 1 minute 55, 4 minute 55, or 9 minute 55? 4 minutes 55. 4 minutes 55 is correct. I remember watching yeah. it about a year ago. It was B, wasn't it? Say again, sorry? That was B, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Oh, good. That's what I put. Yeah. <laughs> he, he beat the, the previous record holder by three frames, which is... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, question eight. <laughs> question eight. Which one of these live-action Mario programs is not real? Uh, Greg, is it Mario Ice Capades, Mario the Musical, or the Super Mario Bros. Super Show? Uh, it's a musical, isn't it? Because the Super Mario Bros. Show was the two live-action dudes in between the cartoon. Yes. So Mario Ice Capades exists. The Super Mario Bros. Super Show exists. Mario the Musical does not. Because there's a clip of the live-action bit on Super Mario Brothers Super Show when he tells him to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, fuck you, Luigi, and uh, I don't think anyone picked up on it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's a great show. My kids still watch that, you know. It's just weird. Um, uh, question nine, which 1989 film was heavily criticised for its Mario and Nintendo placement? Uh, was it A, Back to the Future 2, B, Little Monsters, or C, The Wizard? 
Roscoe? The wizard. It was the wizard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I toyed with that because I didn't know if they was promoted or not. or Because they used a power glove a lot, didn't they? Yeah, used the power glove a lot. They showed Super Mario Brothers 3 for the first time in the West on there. They went through Excite Bike and other games. Yeah, it was it was heavy. Oh. Heavy. <laughs> okay, and finally, question 10. The warp, with, the warp whistle, not the warp with, whistle. With, the warp whistle in Super Mario Brothers 3 is actually from another Miyamoto game. Which one is it? Is it Star Fox, Donkey Kong, or Legend of Zelda? Greg? It's Zelda. It is Zelda. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay. If you wouldn't mind totting up your scores out of 10 this week, uh, let's start with Roscoe. What have you got there, buddy? Uh, eight. Eight? After saying that you weren't going to... You, you, you've used the, the tried old tested Paul trick yeah. of saying how, how tough it is. And two, then of them were, two of them were guesses. One of them I was going to bring up because Toadstool was her name. Yeah. But and yeah, yeah, but it was. And, <laughs> yeah, the others, uh, yeah, a couple were, were very fortunate guesses, but yeah, cool. Eight. Well done, uh, Greg. Just a poultry nine. Oh! <laughs> oh, wow, this this season. So, having steamrolled season one of our podcast and the quizzes, now Roscoe is in last place with both hey. Paul and Greg getting a solitary win each. There's still 50 episodes to go. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, congratulations, Greg. I am oh, very great. proud. Woo! You've, you, that, that was, I thought that was home turf for, for, for Ross, if I'm honest. Yeah, same. When you said about Mario, I was like, oh, crap. Yeah, well, uh, it was, but two of them were difficult. <laughs> well, I didn't get a question for either, so. Well done. Ah, uh, well. Well, thank you very much, Sean. A pleasure. As ever. Right, we've just got time for Out This Week. And Out This Week, again, we got a bit of a quiet week. Hardcore Mecha is coming to PS4 on January 14th, along with Atelier Shelley, Alchemists of the Dark Sea. <laughs> Dusk Sea. Uh, DX, which is coming out on Switch and PC and PS4 and all that jazz. We got a, we got a uh, review request for that in our email, if anybody wants it. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> right. Okay, that, that's a no. Uh, Squidlet is coming to Switch on January 14th. Flat Heroes is coming to PS4 on January 14th. The Darwin Project, which has been on um, Xbox One Preview for the last couple of years, is finally got a full release on January 14th. That's also coming to PS4. And uh, yeah, hopefully, Sean and I are going to jump into that this week. And we may just be on Switch. Who knows? Uh, Light Matter is coming to PC. Super Crush KO is coming to Switch and PC. To the Moon, which is a very awesome game. It's coming to Switch on January 16th. So do keep an eye out for that one. It's a very narrative-driven. It's very cool. And that's uh, looks like it. If there's anything major that I'm missing. Uh, uh, Sorry, James is coming on January 16th. Stories Untold is coming to Switch on January 16th as well. Uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Is that within our, within our timeline? It is. Yeah, yeah, that's coming out soon. That looks pretty cool. Uh, Sean and Greg played that at EGX this year. Uh, so. I watched Sean play it, and I... Did not have a fucking clue what was going on. <laughs> yeah, if you if you like the cartoons and the battles, you'll like Kakarot because it's just basically that people doing moves over and over again for half an hour, and then you win a battle, and it's great. Yay. Is it a uh, Fighter Z esque? No, it's it's like three D. It's like the old um Dragon Ball games, uh, the like the arena style ones where they're always floating and spa- uh, in the air and zooming into each other and doing large attacks at each other. Okay, yeah. 
It's not um, like it's not a, a side scroll, a two D fighter. No, everything goes on for way too long. Mm-hmm. Like you'll do a punch, and they, that will then trigger like a two minute cutscene of you punching them for two minutes. And it's <laughs> it's just insane. Every stereotype about the show. Uh, well, cool. Well, that's going to be big, then, I'd imagine. And Tokyo Mirage Sessions hashtag FE Encore is coming to Switch on January 17th. And that's your lot. Right then. Well, thank you very much indeed, gents. As ever, another podcast done and dusted. Episode 40. We're very nearly at our 50th episode. Ooh. Might do something big for that. <laughs> yeah. We, we say that for every... <laughs> every every milestone. Every Yeah. We just don't yeah. keep a, a good track of what our milestones are, and we go, it's episode, oh, it's 50. Oh, oh, here, yeah. oh, right, yeah. <laughs> we should have done something special for this one. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to get picky, I mean, including our pilot, the EGX episodes, our reaction podcast, we're at 46. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, this is the official 40th episode of the actual I was going to say, who's podcast. counting, but clearly we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we nearly got a year's worth if you listen to one every week. <laughs> which is very cool right then that is it from us this week don't forget to follow us at fngrgns on twitter all of our individual handles are in the description below along with the handles for mr adam boyne and beater jester Vitar jester make sure you follow them to keep an eye on forgotten sea you can follow us over on facebook facebook.com forward slash fingerguns uk you can follow us on twitch twitch.tv forward slash fingerguns.net all one word but that's it from us. Thank you very much indeed for listening. It is goodbye from Mr. Greg Hicks. Goodbye. Goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Toodles. And goodbye from me. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Until next time, this has been the Finger Guns Podcast. Whew.